he ended up pinning himself, showing up, you know, writing out his contract, and then immediately dropped to the IR. And I don't fucking blame him. And legit, coming to this decision, I would look at what the fuck I was doing now and try to kind of extrapolate of like, okay, if I stayed in, stayed an extra year, I know I'm going to pick up Sergeant. But then what would Sergeant look like for me? Or would Staff Sergeant look like for me? Et cetera, et cetera, if I decided to make a career out of this shit. And for me, it just seemed like more of the same. Where it's like, it's basically like this shit now. Like, I'm not going to say motherfuckers are safe, but like, y'all wasn't, some of, the, some of the motherfuckers that was there to like celebrate me tonight, like, weren't there at all at oh, yeah. any point mm-hmm. leading up to this shit. Yeah. When I was stressed the fuck out. And in fact, some of the motherfuckers. Causing Exactly. And just throwing extra shit at games because we know that games are going to done. And just because of how games work. And to jump in real quick, the one thing yeah. that I hate is whenever they be doing that and they, they just be giving you a bunch of stress and a bunch of extra work, and then mm-hmm. on the back end they're like, oh, we did it to test. Right. No, you didn't. No, didn't. You didn't yeah. do that because you didn't You did it because you didn't want to do it, or you mm-hmm. fucking just wanted to fucking have somebody reliable handle it. And instead of... Because it looks good on your shirt wrap. Yeah, yeah, and the right thing to do would be to test maybe the Marine that you know can't handle it. Test mm-hmm. that marine. You're not gonna. That's not a test if you know he's gonna finish, do the job right. That's right, not a yeah, test. Right. A it's test would be fucking Sam. Yeah. Not no offense, to Sam. I know he has a lot of personal stuff going on. Yeah, but right. it's a test would be like somebody in his aspect who like, yeah. oh, he's maybe he doesn't know how to do X, Y, and Z. Right. I'm gonna give you a burden, right. get you through it. If you don't make it through it, then I, I, I help you push through. Yeah. That's where a test is to help somebody grow. Yeah. And also on that same bullshit, like the people that they picked to go to pistol range did not qualify for pistol. They just shot the pistol. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't get it for That was some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And then, like... That was one of Right. And then to piggyback off your point about Sam, like, that's... I feel like that's what I tried to make a point of doing, was, like, finding the people that, like, saw the bullshit and let the bullshit get them down, and I just tried to brighten their day every fucking time I'm here. Yeah. That's literally all I do when I'm here. Yeah. Like, you'll see me. I go up to everybody, bullshit with everybody, and, mm-hmm. and I, I, don't, I don't know what, how the fuck people see me, to be honest. Uh, they could see me in a negative light as like a shitbag, or they could see me as just somebody who wants to fuck around. I don't care. Yeah, I know a lot. That taught me a lot. That taught me out a lot. What? Just like the having like the people like you two who see the bullshit of the Marine Corps and then mm-hmm. brighten like. Joke, uh, joke around and like try to brighten people's day. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I see it, and then I, I one thing that I notice, I always I see some bullshit about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I've always seen. Like for example, let's just hypothetically say you, right? Playing, you're somebody gives you some bullshit and it's like like yelling at you or blaming something on you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your fault. Whatever. Blah blah blah. And I can see the anger, the frustration, the mm-hmm. stress in your eyes. So that's why I jump in. I'm like, yo, look, it sucks. The less fucking your tactic. Because as a person, that's how I am. Yeah. I can get mad, and this is you know what? I can't do shit about it, and I walk it off. That's why I used to take an action like no one else. They fucking just blast me, blast me, cool. Five minutes later, right. I, I can shoot the shit with you. We can go have a drink. I don't care. Yeah. And I try to help other people get to that moment. Yeah. So you're mad, you're angry, you want to say fuck this, and you're like, yo, it happened. Nothing you can do about it. Let's move past. Right. It just happened. Nothing. Don't take it personal. Legit, that's all I want. Like, that's the one thing that makes me feel kind of shitty about leaving. 
is just the fact that I don't know if somebody else is going to be able to just take these L's that the Marine Corps gives you on the chin and then still show up with a smile and like compliment a nigga's mustache on like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like there's a little, little shit that you can do that can just take somebody out and just, you know what I'm saying? Like it sounds, it sounds cheesy I guess or whatever, but like somebody's got to just spread fucking positivity in this bullshit. Cause it's just a bunch of bullshit, and yeah. everybody knows that's bullshit. Like you can't not know, yeah. unless you're just retarded. Yeah, but exactly. But the, the problem is that like so many people, especially like in leadership positions, went through the bullshit, and they're like, "Well, I went through it because of you." Exactly. But it's like you don't know my fucking life, dude. Like, right. So instead of just piling on the bullshit or ignoring the bullshit, I try like I try to acknowledge it. Like, yeah, sure, I see where you're coming from. I get what happened. Thanks for letting me know. I'll cut you some slack here to make sure it doesn't happen. And that's the issue yeah. I've always tried to be. Just, I understand where you're coming from. You are not wrong. You're not crazy. This is a lot of bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Can you make these baby steps? Yeah. Like if you can make some baby steps and I can keep you in the fight, then we're winning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got another person. Win. Exactly. Like the one thing I used to tell my man back in the day is, you, you ever heard of like that whole snowball effect thing? Yep. Yeah, so it's like, oh, fucking Sergeant Major's mad, so he fucking yep. blasts first sergeant. First sergeant blasts Gunny, and Gunny blasts that fucking, and he just gets worse downhill. As I firmly believe, when I was a corporal, I would do that shit. I was like, okay, cool. It's rolling downhill, rolling downhill, and then it gets to me. And I'll take the L. Yep. Blast me, fucking chew me out, cool, yell at me, it's my fault, good to go, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to my shop and blast my Marine. Right. What the fuck is that going to do? Right. Nothing. So I go back to the shop and it's dead ass. I'm, y'all know me, I'm 100% transparent. I walk into my shop and I look, y'all know, as well as anybody else, I just got blasted for the last hour and a half. I am not happy, I'm stressed, but y'all need to learn from this situation. I'm not going to take it out on you guys, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking correct this shit. If it happens again, next time I gotta yell at you. But yeah. this time, I'll take the L, I gotta have you my ass to, I'm not going to put that stress on you because why do I want to stress you guys? If you're stressed, you can't work. If you're stressed, you're not going to work efficiently, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So guess what, that's my responsibility to take that burden of getting blasted and making all that responsibility is let's say Swainy fucked up royally. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Gunny's gonna blast me, but then that's, you know, yeah, I'm a, it's a little different from a staff sergeant, so I don't really know where the fuck I play. I've never been an actual duty staff sergeant. Yeah. But I'm supposed to take that burden. I'm taking this as a corporal sergeant perspective. Take that burden, internalize it, and get that message across to Swainy to where he'll learn. Because blasting somebody is not gonna teach him. Right. So I tell Swainy, hey man, you fucked up here, here, here. This is how we can fix the situation next time. Please learn, give me that respect, fix the situation, and we're good. Yeah. And Water under the bridge. The only thing I think is something like real blasting is necessary is if it was something that was done like fucking intentionally. Like if you were just being belligerent, yeah. being fucking stupid and, and neglecting some sort of thing. I disagree if it's habitual. If it's un- unintentional, I mean, I guess no, you're right, because even if it is habitual, then yeah, even if it's unintentionally habitual, you got to find out where the situation is. Even then, like, so I've had, I've had some of these discussions with, like, um, since I was young and, and legit, like, when I was on AT with these guys, uh, we all chose to go out and do that one night, but they had to split us into two different tables, so right. I was like, why? Why? Because it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. so it was like corporals and below were at one table, and then it was like the staff and CEOs, the officer and so on. So, like, I ate with the corporals and below, we all sat together, whatever. 
and then I went after this manufacturer, which I think he owes a box of money. And that's like the one issue that they really had with me is that I wasn't a bulldog corporal. Yeah. And I didn't believe in being a bulldog. And the reason why I don't believe in it is because I feel like generally I feel like people want to do the work. Yeah. Like we're all reservists. You know what I'm saying? We can go UA. We all know somebody who's just habitually yeah. UA. So we all have that thing. Yet at the end of the day, every single one of us who so shows right. up to drill, yeah. shows up to fucking drill. Exactly. So you want to work, even if you have an attitude, even if you're doing belligerent, you want to do the job. So my job is to figure out how to help you do your job to the best of your ability. You know what I'm saying? And that's where they were saying I was fucked up, is because as a corporal, from their active duty perspective, my job is to put foot to ass. That way, when I say something, yep. that way when I say something, you do it and you do it immediately. Whereas I was operating from more of like a sergeant's perspective, where I have a task, I have a mission. My job is to accomplish the mission, mm-hmm. and that's where I always came from with it. So like I've had people call me, you know, pissed off about like something like the PT cover, right? Like. Oh, you know, I have all this bullshit going on, and this is just another fucking thing. And it's like, yeah, you're right, dude. It is another fucking thing. I'm glad that you called me so that you can give me some perspective of what's going on in your life, because I don't fucking know. But at the end of the day, this is just another thing that has to get done. So just let me know. Keep me updated. And next time, if you have so much bullshit in your life that you don't think that you can report on time, give me some heads up, and I can do what I can to help you. Yeah. And it's and it's like you're just having to walk a fine line between being being understanding and being a person. I feel like in my brief time as a corporal, I've walked that line pretty effectively. And that's the thing; they're not right just because they've experienced it in the active duty. Just because they have experience doesn't mean the experience is right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I me? definitely told them that it was different. Yeah. And they need to think about it. And that's the thing. They think you're reservist, so your experience doesn't matter. And I'm telling you from active duty experience that I wasn't, even though you all know I can be that Mm -hmm. fucking bulldog corporal, I wasn't that bulldog corporal. I never yelled at my people, ever. I was very diplomatic, and I'm like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. I always tell my guys, like, if you have a solution that's better than mine, I'm not smarter than anybody in here. If anybody has an idea that you think could work, let's do it. We'll do your idea. Let's worst case scenario. It doesn't work, and we go back to my idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then best case scenario, your idea works, yeah. and we're more efficient. Exactly. We literally lose lose nothing, and it's a little different because active duty we have every day, so we have a little bit more time to kill. Right. So I can afford to lose a day. Yeah. But I, I never yelled at my people. They always got the job done. I always I even pushed them sometimes. But I had this one time I had all of my machines broke down and we use these machines to work on gear and it was <laughs> but, but like all my shit broke down and there was like we need like it was an emergency we had to get gear out mm-hmm. i just started making phone calls called other units and like, hey can we borrow this like no we need it but we're not using it at night so i'm like you're not using it at night right so can we i just invented a fucking night shift and these guys have there's one of them was married Mm-hmm. One of them was there training, but the other one was married. I'm like, yo, can y'all go on night shift? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we got it. And like, literally, completely changed their fucking schedules because I asked them to. I didn't fucking make them and say they had to because it's not their responsibility. Right. It was mine. They agreed. I put two Marines on night shift for like a whole month. Gun, like, my staff and says didn't even know what they were. 
That's how it is in the SUV. Yeah. They just trusted me. Yeah. Like, hey, they're accounted for. I got them. And after a while, yeah. clearly I told them that it was. But once they ask, I'll tell them, yeah, I put them on night shift because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it was very meticulous kind of organizing it because I had to make sure everything fell into place perfectly. Yeah. They had to be at that other unit before they left so they could get the changeovers to use night shift. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah. And I had to trust them because I, they don't they don't come to me. They literally wake up in the morning and go directly to that other place. Exactly. So I had to trust that they were going to do what I asked them to. Yeah. We're all grown men and women. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where my point was with this. <laughs> but the, the fact that you don't have to like be a dick about that. Oh, there you go. See, oh, like yeah. I, I gave them, I, I was very diplomatic in everything. Yeah. I always gave them the option. If they didn't want to do it, then fine. We'll find another way. Yeah. And the leaders that we have right now very much believe in the idea of good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Not even good cop, just bad yeah. cop, bad cop. Yeah. Bad cop, less bad. Yeah. 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 And then I hate the idea of you have to do this because I said so. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe in and told all my leaders, like, ask questions. Absolutely. If I tell you to do something and you don't know why you're doing it, mm-hmm. it's stupid. That's because stupid because then when I'm gone, you're not going to know why. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah, that's different. <laughs> no fucking contradicting this. <laughs> but like, if if let's say I'm, we're doing something a specific way, mm-hmm. and you ask me why are we doing it this way, I'm not gonna do it because I said so. If I can't answer why we're doing this specific way, then I fail because I don't know why. Yeah, there's a difference between why are we doing it this way and why do I have to do exactly. it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I clearly we I know, know how to differentiate. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing, man. Just Throw some positivity, let's not force it out here. I find yeah. that we'll be, we'll be inspired me to be a more positive person. I don't do this thing. I'm I fucking it's hate. Will be trash. Do you, do you want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spit some realness right now. Go ahead. Right. And I'm gonna be open. Okay, so, you remember on Facebook when I posted that status that was like, if you actually like, went through with your suicide journey, how long ago would it be? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. And you were like, whoa, I had no idea. Like, I was in a very, very bad fucking place mm-hmm. for a good bit of my life. And that's when Lil B came into play. Like, it sounds ridiculous. Yes, but, but I, listened, I respect it. Yeah, I listened to, like, my arms of the Brooklyn Bridge, and I was like, holy shit, like, here's a rapper who's literally just talking about positivity and mm-hmm. trying to spread positivity. And even if it's, like, stupid fun, like, it's still positive. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to support each other because we all, the whole, I guess the subcontext for me is that, like, we all come from shitty situations or have shitty stories, but, like, we can grow from that into mm-hmm. something a lot more productive. Mm-hmm. And that's why I fucking hate that argument. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you could talk about it musically, lyrically, I get that. I've done, I did, I was a semi-professional musician. Like, I understand where you're coming from. And I can articulate it if I choose to. But at the end of the day, like, there's something to be said for human beings that are just trying to make the world a more positive place. And that should be supported, in my opinion. I can see that perspective, and I respect it. Yeah. I just don't... I agree with you. No, 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 not even that. Let's, <laughs> like, let's put the musical side. Let's yeah. put my bias against the musical side. Okay. I haven't personally experienced that perspective, mm-hmm. so I could never understand it. <laughs> right. So as of right now, my stance is biased. Right. If I were to sit there and give it a chance, mm-hmm. but on a musical level, I can't get past 
what we already established that yeah. I don't feel like it's a certain caliber on, in either aspect, so I never get to that deeper meaning. I got you. I you got know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, yeah. Could, I, I'm not saying he's not. I don't know what his message is, but like you right. said, if his message is positivity, all that stuff. Of course, I'm not going to knock it because I'm in the same boat. Right. But. I can't get past that barrier to mm-hmm. even get to the message. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, that's just me. I feel you. And like the thing, I guess that barrier that's stopping you from getting to it, I had no choice but to break down because I had nothing else at yeah. the time. It's just what it was on and yeah. you just fucking vibe. Oh, dude, it was, a, it was a whole vibe. Like it was me and like a homie that I knew from middle school. We ended up reconnecting while I was in college and it was just like, fucking smoking and drinking and listening to Lil Blue and those were like some of the best times of my life and of course the personal aspect of that is going to make exactly. that bond a little more kind of exactly. like fucking what's his name like a rapper that to me that has that not like the fucking best in the world mm-hmm. is one of my favorites fucking NF yep, yep. I listen yeah, to that motherfucker religiously like that, that's one of my top listen to shit just because I can what I connect with the message on a mm-hmm. deeper level mm-hmm. and it hit at a specific time in my yeah, life. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of people like NF's one of my top favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's the best rapper out there, but he's my one of my tops yeah. because of the personal aspect and the message mm-hmm. and the direction and all that shit. Yeah. So like I get it and then I'm, I guarantee 99% of people are like, oh man, that's that motherfucker or whatever. I'm like, he's a fucking this, this and that. Right, of course, right, yeah. yeah. You're right. Because that. I even, it, sometimes I listen to the music and some of the lyrics, I'm like, I don't like this lyric. I don't like the way this was delivered. I don't like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I fuck with it. Yeah, no, I feel you. 1,000%. I feel you. And there's Eminem for me. Really? Eminem? Yeah. Oh. I, was, I, was, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was coming up through like, the last few years of elementary school and throughout middle school. I wasn't the most liked kid. And my parents would constantly fight mm-hmm. and being the oldest child that's a lot of pressure on you and so like I would have my times where I would just go into the bathroom turn on the music as loud as I could and just break down and Eminem was it for me like Stan so the beat like, yeah the like beat Marshall part Mathers. yeah Marshall Mathers yeah. like those hit hard for me Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing it's crazy because it we have these perspectives depending on when it fit in our life yeah like I'm fucking about to be 30 and I'm talking about NF in my fucking late 20s yeah you're talking about Eminem in your early fucking youth mm-hmm. you're, I don't know when little B stuff happened college college age 20s yeah that's what I'm saying so it all, it, it's crazy because it's not that one time that it just happens mm-hmm. it's like whenever that moment happens in your life and mm-hmm. that right song just hits mm-hmm. and that's why I do Music, like I'm fucking, I'm an emotional person. A lot of times, yeah. y'all see that is either fucking joking around happiness and anger, mm-hmm. but that I'm emotional as fuck when it comes to a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And music is what guides my emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can fucking, and I listen to a lot of like slow, sad yeah. shit, no, and it fucking helps me flow through those sadder emotions. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to fucking hype mm-hmm. shit that fucking pushes me through it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll literally have moments when I'm at work. And I'm just vibing the music, and all of a sudden, the fucking slow, sad song will come out. Like, fuck, not right now. Yeah, <laughs> not right now. Not right now. Legit, 2012 was easily the worst year of my life ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like this year was nothing compared to 2012. Mm-hmm. I made it through 2012. I can make it through anything. Yeah. 
Absol dropped an album called Control System. On that album, Control System, there's a song called Book of Soul. And I literally just cried for three months straight listening to that song. Because everything that he was, like, it was the weirdest thing. My life had never synced up with, like, the life of a artist, the way that that happened. Uh-huh. So, like, 2012, Absol was dating another girl, was dating a girl on the same label that he was on, called Alori Joe. All of them came up from, like, um, Delano, actually, where Atkins was from. Mm-hmm. All of them came up from that same city together. You know, they made it, they were finally on. Absol was dropping his debut project, and Alori Joe decides to kill herself. Oh, shit. Right. And so it's like, that happened in his life. So he has a lyric in the song where he's like, 2012, my world ended. Mm-hmm. I felt the same exact fucking way because of shit that was going on in my life. Motherfuckers dying around me. And like, legit, for three months straight, I would just listen to that song every day. And, cry. Mm-hmm. and to this day, I can't listen to that album unless I go right back to 2012. Yeah. There is a, uh, Junior Lucas, mm-hmm. the song Sorry. You heard the song? Yeah, I haven't heard it. Sorry. It's basically a... Yeah. It's a suicide note. It's basically the first verse is him from the perspective of the person that's going to commit suicide mm-hmm. saying I think it's like I'm sorry I don't know I have to listen to it again but he's basically like telling you why he's about to commit suicide and how right. he was just trying to commit suicide because he was a young kid yep. and at the very end of that first verse he kills himself okay. and then it goes into the next verse where his like I think a cousin or a really close family member mm-hmm. telling you why I didn't know you were going through this blah 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 mm-hmm. like, why, like I'm angry because you did it and blah, mm-hmm. blah blah like I have like, all these emotions so it's going from the perspective of the suicide person, like committing suicide, mm-hmm. and then from the family member, how they're angry and grieving all the same time. Yeah, all about all of it. And it's basically like, it's yeah, it's yeah. like a deep ass song, and that's why I fuck with Jenny Lucas heavy because a lot of times when I go through I my, I go through my fucking moments where like I, in the time of my life I am right now, right? Mm-hmm. I have my own depression, anxiety, all that bullshit that I go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. But there's other people in my life that have worse depression, anxiety, and all these other things. Yeah. So I can't, I'm not allowed to go through my depression yeah. without it affecting other people mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. So I have to basically swallow all my shit mm-hmm. and pretend mm-hmm. so that other people are okay. Yeah. So there's moments when I like I just get overwhelmed and shit like fuck and I just listen to that shit and I just listen mm-hmm. to it and then it's crazy because the song just like gets you through it because I'm listening to that first verse about him wanting to commit suicide and then he commits suicide and in that moment I'm like mm-hmm. fuck yeah fuck this I'm, I'm done I'm fucking done with this I'm done with that mm-hmm. but then you hear the perspective from the other person and then you listen like fuck mm-hmm. and that's what's gonna happen yep. like I can't do it even yeah. though I want to because yeah the way it's going to affect other people. I have children, I have this, I have that. So yeah. that song flow, I, I, I don't know, I just really fuck with the way this song goes all the way through that. Yeah, no, I feel life goes on with or without you. Yeah. And like, that's the blessing of the curse of all of it, like, that. It's, it's wild to think about. That reminds me of a Kendrick song, uh, Sing About Me, where legit the first verse is like him rapping from the perspective of his homie who was gangbanging, and um, legit, like the last line of the first verse is like, if I die before your album drops, I hope. And then he just gets gunned down in the street. Oh shit. Then you get to so he tells, yeah, exactly. And then the second verse is like Kendrick rapping from the perspective of a girl who ended up like turning to prostitution because like that's just the way she ha- knows to make her money. Mm-hmm. And she's telling, basically telling her story, but it's from the pers- 
but like the way that he's telling it, it's like she's arguing with Kendrick because Kendrick, in an earlier project, made a song um, basically called Keisha Song. Mm-hmm. And it was about like how her life, how she used to be so innocent, but then her life turned to like prostitution. Mm-hmm. And she was basically like, how the fuck, like where the fuck do you get off putting my story out there like that? Just so that you could get album sales, and so he like he's ripping himself a new one from the perspective from of what he did, girl. right? So like as she's telling the story, it's like um, three niggas in one room. First time I was tossed, like that's her first sexual experience as a gang bang, mm-hmm. and like it's just freaking crazy. And then the last verse is literally just Kendrick like trying to grapple with all of these things Talks that are right, happening yeah. around him, and also his success that's happening as a result of reporting the things that have happened around him and using real people's stories and trying to make it a bigger message that like reaches that like has some positive effect on somebody else's life somewhere around the world yeah. and like how does he come to terms with you know this ethereal idea of like the things that I do matter to people out there when it's like the people that are literally right around him that he grew up with are feeling the effects of yeah. that. So he's helping other people while in a way hurting others yeah but like the people that he's hurting he sees them everywhere. yeah exactly and the people that he's helping he, he might yeah like he, he doesn't ever see that yeah. yeah. exactly and it's, it's just the trippiest thing to think about it's like that's life bro and like I've been I've just I don't know I've been really weird and existential ever since like I, I got my wife pregnant yeah you know cause it's like in a weird way my parents having me is like a way for them to go on even after they're gone, like mm-hmm. people only get older, mm-hmm. and then it's like I'm about to start like a new life, and in a way that's like I'm really fucking invested in that idea because it's like that's a way for me to go on, mm-hmm. even after I'm gone. But part of me going is like seeing my parents go, and I've already seen like one grandma go. <sighs> that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's crazy because my perspective on parenthood isn't like that at all like it's not it's not me getting like seeing my myself go on or whatever it's mm-hmm. i see them as their own com- com- I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is not how you see it yeah. i see them as their own individual human beings mm-hmm. and i am just simply the protector to allow mm-hmm. them to get to the point in their life where they can be on their own okay so i'm i don't see it as like i guide you it's, I'm, I'm i'm just a guide Mm-hmm. Like I'm guiding them through, I'm protecting them, making sure they don't have any bumps and bruises along the way, mm-hmm. and I teach them and I prepare them, and then until they're off on their own. Ah, that's trippy. So like, the way I was raised, right? Mm-hmm. It was like I'm a part of this thing, mm-hmm. right? Like I have a family name that I have to live mm-hmm. up to. And that makes a lot of sense, right? And uh-huh. like, this is the standard, and if you don't meet this standard, then you aren't. You know, like you're the black sheep yeah. of the family, and mm-hmm. you don't want to be the black sheep of the family. So meet the standard. Uh-huh. Meet the standard. And that makes Always a lot of sense. meet the standard. Yeah, and so like that's a lot of the reason why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. Always fucking meet the standard. And if you don't meet the standard, you're fucking trash. Yeah. You know, and it's like I don't think I'll be as hard on my kids as I felt like people were on me when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like there's a standard. Yeah. So you can't just be anybody. Yeah. But if you're gonna be anybody, you better be fucking spectacular. Right? Yeah. And I have a similar outcome with a different path because, okay. like you said, you have that family bond that you like the family connection. I don't have that. I yeah. didn't know my father. My like literally, 
which is one of the dumbest things I've ever done. I got my last name tattooed on my body mm-hmm. when I don't have any connection to that last name. Oh, well, we can we can go into some rips about that like, one because I don't I don't know my father. I met my father maybe three times total, yeah. and he was a, he chose to be out of my life. I I the only reason I met him is because my sisters are the ones that pushed that connection mm-hmm. and there was nothing there when I met him I yeah. to, not to be fucking morbid but when he passed away I kind of forced myself to feel something because that's what you're supposed to feel but in reality I didn't feel any remorse but because it was just a stranger yeah. that passed away yeah, exactly. so I don't have that family connection so I don't have like a standard for like you said like oh you have to meet the standard and start raising you know that's why I'm raising my children because the way I feel is I feel like I had a lot of potential to do a lot of specific things mm-hmm. and that nobody attempted to find that potential in me and right. nurture it. Right. So my goal is to find that potential in my children so I let them do a lot of things. I let them and I learn and I pay attention to my kids and I'm like, okay, what this one likes to do this. This one's really good at this. This one's smart here. This one's emotionally smart. This one's that and this and that. So I try to find their strengths so I can mm-hmm. nurture them. That way, when they grow, they had somebody to nurture their strengths so that they're more successful. Okay. And they're not. And, and, and I, I pay attention to each one of my kids, and I know where strengths and I know their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I try to strengthen their weaknesses. Because, for example, my middle child, her name is uh, Catalina. Mm-hmm. She's very emotional and very sensitive. So I try to toughen her up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mean to her, I just like have to, like, hey, you got to toughen. Like, I'll sit there and I'll talk to her, like, look. You can't be this way. You have to be stronger. You have to push it because I try to strengthen her weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I try to nurture her her gifts mm-hmm. because she's very intelligent, emotional, and all these things. So I try to do that. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had somebody that would have like just found what I was good at. Because right now, I'm on a blind path. Yeah. I don't know what I'm good at. Yeah. Like I, I I think I'm good at this. I think I'm good at that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure and piece things together, but I don't know. So yeah. I wish I would have had like a like those people that have like oh I had this coach that yeah, did this yeah, to me right, that pushed. one person exactly that yeah. one person he he believed in me and that, mm-hmm. like that's why I do that to my kids because right now I'm trying to force myself to find that thing in myself mm-hmm. to push that's why I want to fight so I want to write so I want to do all these things because I'm like like in myself I try to like oh I'm really good at this and if I really did it I could succeed right but I don't have that push I don't have somebody that believes in me like hey this is what you're good at, this is what you're going to do, and I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's my role as a father. I feel you. To well, guide you that. Yeah, you're a father. Yeah, we're actually really like in pretty similar boats as far as our parents, which goes, uh, I didn't really have my dad around at all either growing up. Um, so it's not, you know, I'm in the same boat, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I need to do and how I need to be a dad, you know, blindly, mm-hmm. because, you know, I didn't have that you know, I, I didn't have that dad, you know, that was there for me, you know, went through one of the big things in my life, and that was there for me through the hard times, but for me, it's just, you know, you know it's, it's all fresh ground for me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm learning on the go, you know, how to be a good father, of course, you know, Matthew, he's coming, you know, six, two years old right now, so, you know, it's fairly simple mm-hmm. right now, you know, just keeping him out of stuff, you know, trying to get him to talk. Just the simple stuff right now. Um, but, you know, I, I know it's going to get harder soon. I know it's going to get a lot harder. You know, the things are going to person. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel like it's going to get tough. 
handle the situation. Mm-hmm. 
I know, like, I don't want to sound arrogant saying it, and I don't want to sound like I'm full of myself or I'm looking down on anybody, because, like, if I make the same mistakes, like, I can end up just like him, yeah. But then it's like, I feel like, I just feel embarrassed that I think my dad is, think of my dad as more of, like, a cautionary tale than of anything else. Yeah. And it's just really fucking shitty. And my stepdad's awesome. Mm -hmm. But then even then, like, where I'm at at 28 versus where my stepdad is at 28, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I I agree, because I'm in, like, 100% relate to everything, because I have an amazing stepdad. Mm -hmm. The same way you said, where I'm at at 20 fucking nine, Mm -hmm. and where he was at, Mm -hmm. day and night. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the same with my fucking father. Like, when I, literally, the first time I met my dad, I still remember he was like sitting in front of his truck or whatever and I walk up to him and this is literally the first interaction I've ever had with this man. Mm-hmm. Guess what the first thing my father ever said to me was? Is your mom still hot? Oh, this is my dad. This is my dad. That's my person. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, whatever. And I just kind of like just let it roll off my fucking whatever. And I didn't, like he tried to reach out mm-hmm. and from my personal perspective I I, I I was immature about the situation because he tried to reach out all the time he would have his wife message me and say oh hope you're doing okay blah 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 mm-hmm. but although he had a fucking shitty life and it's actually better that he wasn't in my life because according to my sisters that did have him in their life he was a drug addict an alcoholic yep. and he would show up for like a couple weeks and disappear for a month or two Yep. And then they'd find him on the side of the road, drunk or something, mm-hmm. and he'd be in their life again for a month or two, sober, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it happened, and that happened their whole life. Yeah. So I'm like, well, good thing you weren't around, because then I'd be more fucked up than I am already <laughs> if I had to experience that. Yeah. But the thing that I was getting at is he tried to reach out after everything. Obviously, the regret, mm-hmm. meeting me, seeing that I'm okay, yeah. that I'm not a piece of shit. He started trying to get involved in my life and all these things, mm-hmm. and I would ignore the messages. I wouldn't fucking respond. I would whatever, or just blow him off completely. Mm-hmm. And then he died, and I felt like I had more time. Like yeah. I felt like I'm going to ignore you for a couple of years mm-hmm. until I'm ready to fucking talk to you, yeah. because you didn't want to fucking be around. So why should I all of a sudden let you in? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily gonna for the, my whole life get this like say fuck you eventually I was gonna say fine like fucking we reconcile or fucking whatever you wanna call this yeah. and we can be cool but he died yeah. so now I'm like fuck I was petty and immature about the situation and now any answers I could have gotten are gone mm-hmm. like literally nobody knows what you were going through or what you were thinking or what your thought process was but you mm-hmm. and now I don't have the answers yeah like, like I can't ask my mom because she doesn't know I can't ask his family his siblings anything mm-hmm. because nobody's going to know what he was thinking except for him yeah. and I feel like I should have swallowed my pride and allowed him to fucking find you want to reconcile I'll be the bigger person and we can start fucking mending this whatever you want to call it and now that opportunity is gone yeah. and my children never got to meet their grandfather yeah. and they never will and he was a like as kind of like me as a guy as a friend he was apparently really fucking cool good guy mm-hmm. but just as a father he was a piece of shit and as a husband he was a piece of shit yeah. but 
everyone loved him. He was a great guy. Yeah. But now, like, I have that, like, I should, like, that regret. Yeah. But obviously, you can never know until it happens. Right. I just want to relate to that. That's why if anybody has the opportunity, you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, like, I, I can relate to that a lot. No, I understand that, but I'm just saying, sorry to cut you oh, off. You like, I understand taking the L, mm-hmm. but whenever he died, I didn't take, I didn't, eh, whatever, I don't care. Right. Now as my kids start to grow up, yeah. and I'm wondering, hey, like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Boom, boom, boom. Now, I took the L, and I was okay taking the L mm-hmm. when he died, but six years later, yeah. like, fuck, like, maybe I shouldn't have been so prideful. Like, it's really hard, because like I said, in, in the moment, 100%, fuck you, I don't care, you're dead, none of my business, you're nobody to me, you're a stranger, and it's just like, oh, I know that fucking ground. Fuck, I want to know, why did you do this? Like, and literally, my entire upbringing, I never once cared. I never asked yeah. my mom, who's my dad, who's this, can I meet him? Never. Not you're once. You're right, you're right. And yeah, I never once asked. And now as an adult, being a father, now I'm like, fuck, like, because there's moments where in my, like, as a father, I'm like, fuck, like, I can't deal with the stress of X, Y, and Z. I want to run away. I want to just fucking leave everything behind. And then that brings me back, fuck, like, I know I have kids that can't. And, like, I want to ask them, like, how did you leave? Because I can't leave. I want to leave because I'm stressed. I'm broke. I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to leave and just say, fuck it. Be one of those dudes that just disappears, starts over, has a great life, and comes back as to my kids as a billionaire and say, hey, sorry that I fucking wasn't there for 20 years, but yeah. hey, look, I got money. I want to be one of those, but I can't. Maybe he had the same thing. Well, that's the thing. I want I, I want to fucking ask him, like, yeah, what? Exactly. Yeah. No matter what, I will never know. I want to, like, why did you leave? Did he leave because he knew he couldn't change and he did it for my own good? Or did he leave because, like, fuck you, I don't give a fuck about you? Was mm-hmm. it noble? Or was it selfish? This is what it was for my dad to do. My dad just wasn't involved in the argument a lot in the rest of the time. But he also just wasn't mature enough. You know, well, he, he wasn't mature yeah. to have a kid. And one thing I think he, you know, when I was 19, he had another son. Uh, and I feel like, you know, my late teens, I heard kind of a, a sort of anger. Mm-hmm. 
he he was basically her shoulder to cry on for that moment, mm. that moment in time. Right. And they ended up sleeping together. Right. And having me. Yep. And so she was like, I asked him to promise to not say anything to anyone, including you mm-hmm. and your dad because she said she was young, her right. father would have kicked her out, right. and she couldn't end up hurting my dad. Yeah. And so it was like, you raised me to be a man of understanding, so I get that. So I'm not mad at you. And you basically answered all my questions because I figured everything else out on my own. But after she told me, or she asked me if I was going to do any, like, it was I going to try to pursue a relationship with him, mm-hmm. and that sat with me for a little while, like a good while, and for the longest time I was like, no, nah, I don't want to tell him I know, like, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it, I know, I don't, I don't need it, like, he hasn't been there, but in a way he has, because he was my dad's friend, mm-hmm. he was so, so he was around a lot, right. and so were his two sons. Hmm. So like they would come over to the house a lot, right. and this whole time I never knew I was with my brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. Right. But then I realized, like, I don't know why he did it say anything like I don't know why he didn't do anything or maybe he just wanted to and couldn't I at least I at least could give him the time to explain did he know? yeah he knew the whole time I mean and his wife knew the whole time I think from the outside looking in based off of what you said like if I was that dude I'm not trying to blow up anybody's marriage. Yeah. I'm not trying to break anybody's family. So like, I might give you an extra toy that I heard that you wanted for Christmas and just like mark it from Santa. But like, I don't think I would go break out of my way. Yeah, I don't think I'd go, go out of my way to basically like drop you hints. Well, that's the all. thing. My mom and dad weren't married yet. Even still. Well, so, so defending, like obviously it's yeah. perspective. If yeah, they weren't married, yeah, yeah. if they were in a serious committed relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, and I got that. I understood that. I wasn't mad. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to ask him, like, yeah, that's definitely worth y'all. So we can't. I I ended up after some contemplating. I was like, okay, I'm gonna let him know that I know. Mm. And then mm. from there. Like, I didn't know how he was going to take it. Yeah, like I didn't know if he was going to be mad. Yeah, I didn't know if he was going to be mad, if he was just going to ignore me, mm-hmm. or what. But, after reaching out, he was like, Oh, thank God, I don't have to keep this secret anymore. Well, imagine keeping a secret for 20 plus years. Yeah. Like, in, like, that's insane. Like, I can imagine he holding like, something in for that long. He was like, I thought I would have to take this to my grave, and I didn't want that. Yeah. And then, so we kind of, we've kind of been talking, 
and we've been trying to like grow a little bit and then I've been spending some weekends with my brother now because he's 18 home from college nice. so me and him we've been spending some time together Right. Especially the way I landed as well. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's deep. Like, there's still some times where I question, like, what would it 